Welcome to the Cinescare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And with us, as always, is <laughs> the super fan, Mr. Mark Muscati, and he... Detective Mills. <laughs> De- I'm Detective Mills. Well, okay, so audience... You can't see this. There's two things you can't see that I really wish you could see. For for one, he he spelled detective, detective. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, so I, you know, so it's then, not just pronunciation <laughs> issues that he's got with the English language. He can't spell it either. Right. He hey, says well, it like he spells it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, what, uh, the audience doesn't know this, but we're on a thing. It's called Squadcast, and then we record and do our our podcasts on here because I live in Burbank. Chica- um, Mark lives in Chicago. Joe lives in Davenport, Iowa. Whoa, sorry, <laughs> I just dropped a knife. Um, <laughs> and and on our screens, you can type your name. Uh, mine says "Speak, motherfucker," and Joe John. Joe's say says John Doe. John Doe. <laughs> and and Mark's says detective Mills. Now now what is a detective? Uh it it's uh, a very small detective? Like a tick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a tick yeah, detective. Yeah. yeah. Like my brain. So the whole reason uh I am John Doe for the evening and Mark is Detective Mills is because tonight's theme, tonight's movie is the 1995 classic Seven, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, uh, this was Joe's choice, right? Yes. The, the seven. Yeah. Um, but I guess before we get to that, we can talk about. I. I mostly because one of the things that we're going to be doing tonight is not just talking about the movie Seven, but we're also going to be talking about. Uh, our ideas for a double feature that would include Seven. What movie would we pair with uh, Seven if we were doing a double feature? And I, I really had a tough time narrowing this down. I had some different criteria. So most of the extra movies that I watched had to do with this. So I don't know if I should talk about them the ones that I'm not choosing now or kind of talk about them when we get to that part or... Or what? But let's let's talk about the other movies we've seen that have nothing to do with this. Okay. Just our casual viewing for the week. All right. Well, I will start us off this week. I watched a couple things that d- didn't really have anything to do with the theme. Uh, one was a movie called "They Look Like People," which is on on Shutter. and it's it's very indie. Very, uh, you can tell they did not have a lot of money uh, to put into this but it, it's pretty interesting it's about this guy who suspects that people are transforming into like shapeshifters right and so he goes to new york city to to uh seek out a best friend who lives there and who's been doing pretty well there. He's kind of up and coming in a, in the company he's at. And so he's doing fine. And so his, this guy decides to go there and, and, and stay with him for a little while because he's been seeing kind of like visions of people. And he's been seeing a therapist about it who believes he's got some maybe schizophrenic um, 
psychotic traits or whatever that are that are causing him to see uh, kind of distortions of people's faces that make him think that certain people might be uh, possessed or or you know be some kind of shapeshifter or maybe an alien kind of thing. There's not a lot of uh, description as to what he thinks is happening. All he knows is is that there's something about certain people that doesn't it, it isn't natural, right? And and so it, it was it, it was a cool concept. I liked it. I think they were really short on money with this one, so there were a lot of scenes that just sort of felt like they were stretching out the scene a bit because. They didn't have a lot they could do, and and so there were there were just a lot of filler scenes I felt, and even as it was, it wasn't. I don't think it's a very long movie. I think it's under ninety minutes, if I'm not mistaken. But it, so it's, it's not an it's not like it's difficult difficult to get through. It's kind of interesting. It winds up. I, I I felt like the third act, the the ending was pretty tense for the most part. Not great. I gave it three cuts. It's definitely worth checking out. You know, I, I like supporting an indie filmmaker and, and indie films like that. So, yeah, I, I kind of liked that. It, it wasn't bad. And then the other thing that wasn't really related to this that I watched was, oh, yeah, uh, The Woman. There, it's a TV show on Netflix, a series called called The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Did you guys watch this? No, I didn't. I I uh, heard some people watch it, and they weren't too happy about it, so I, yeah. I uh, stayed away. I mean, from the title, it seems like it would be a spoof, mm-hmm. you know, of of those Lifetime movies where there's some guy who killed his wife and the woman across the street think, suspects him, kind of rear window-ish um, and, and so it, it seems like with that title, because, and, and there are, you know, and it's funny because there's a lot of movies out right now with really long titles for some reason. And, and some of them are on Netflix, but the, but I, this one definitely seemed like it was supposed to be, a, you know, just from that title, like it was going to be a comedy, but it's all played very straight. Like I, and then afterwards, I read that they really were trying to make a spoof. It really was supposed to be a satire. And I just didn't see it. There was Everything was played very straight. There's very little humor in it. And, you know, if, if you're going for an airplane or scary movie kind of spoof, you know, then it, the jokes really have to be telegraphed. Like, you, you got to know that, that it's something you're supposed to be laughing at, not just, not just a play on a trope. It should be, like broad obvious that they're that they're satirizing that genre right and this one really wasn't it seemed very straight until the and then all of a sudden at the very end it becomes almost not i would say comical but not in a like funny way but just in a what is happening (laughs) like the whole tone of the show and shifts about halfway through the next to last episode and then the last episode for sure. The whole tone sort of shifts and it doesn't work. It just doesn't like, you're like, I don't understand what's happening now. It almost, I felt like there were things happening in the last episode that I was like, Oh, I I even said to Michelle while we were watching, I was like, Oh, this is going to turn out to be like a dream or something like that because everybody's acting so weird um, that I, you know, it just doesn't seem 
real to me. And no, it it was all real. It was it was such a bizarre show. And I can't say I hated it for the most part. I mean, after it was over, I was like, oh, my God, that was a huge waste of time. So I don't recommend it. Don't waste your time because you will kind of get caught up in it a little bit. Each episode's only like a half hour. It's like one of those very easy little, you know, things to, to watch. It's not a difficult um show to watch and and you kind of get into it but then by the end when you see how it winds up it, it, it i was i felt like i'd been taken for a ride so like in the bad way so it was not was, definitely uh, not worth your time unfortunately yeah uh, uh, how was Kristen w- bell in it? how was her act to get it how was Kristen bell in it because 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 i like her that's that that's the main yeah, actress correct she, Right. Yeah. She's really good in it. Um, and, and I, you know, I think a lot of the, all the actors were pretty much pretty good, but, um, and she was good in it, but the, you know, there's only so much you can do when, when, where they take you at the end is just nothing, you know, it, it was just kind of ridiculous. So, uh, I guess that was really all I really watched that was, um, that was not related to to seven or our our double feature thing. So, uh, Joe, what about you? I actually watched five little movies uh, in the past couple of weeks. Uh, the first of which was from Shutter, a uh, 2001 release of. Well, it's 2001 is when it came out, but it just got on Shutter. Was Slapface, which is a story about a boy who is grieving with the loss of his mother, lives with his older brother, and he befriends a witch or monster, demon, uh, lives in the woods. And uh, sort of like a Harry and the Hendersons thing, but a lot scarier. And the whole movie is basically a anti-bullying message. Uh, it, it was okay. I It was very middle of the road. I, I wasn't... I wasn't totally bored with it, but it, it also didn't do a whole lot for me. I wouldn't go raving about it, but it's it was a decent film, you know. I can't I can't really go too much more into it um, without giving something away. But uh, what, what was it again? Slap face. Oh, slap face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's that game we were gonna play with Mark later. The uh, next movie that I watched was, of course, Matt's recommendation. And as we all know, whenever Matt recommends something and says it's good, I always run to watch it. So I watched Advent Calendar. <laughs> I appreciate that, Joe. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Mark did, too. I'm sure I'm he sure did he's good. Yeah, we can all chime in on this one. Don't be shy, Mark. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. We'll have all three. In fact, we should mark off it's enough probably time sort of... all, all three of us can talk about it. Yeah, I'm sure it's already Cinescare certified. Oh, yeah, definitely, for yeah. sure. I, yeah. Okay. Do, you, do you want to say something, Mark? No, no. Okay. No, go ahead. Waiting for your uh, turn. Just, okay. Yeah, save his just, turn. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so this, well, I, I'm not going to go too far into it because Matt's raved about it so much. He'd, I'm sure all of our listeners have listened to it already too or watched it. But um, this this girl who's a paraplegic uh, receives a advent calendar from a, a friend of hers. Of course, when I think advent calendar, I just think of something you know that you get from Swiss Colony that's made out of paper and has chocolate in it. This thing's like this mechanical wooden box thing that folds out on your desktop and has all these different 
doors with prizes and candies and whatnot in it. But as she starts eating the candies daily, things start happening um, and, and coming true and affecting her daily life. This this was, uh, all kidding aside, Mark, you really should watch this. It was really it was a fantastic movie. I'm, I'm going to watch it. And that was Shudder? Is that where that was, Matt? Yeah, it's on Shudder, okay. yeah. Uh, the next one I watched came out in 2019, and I'm a sucker for these things, but it was Countdown. It was uh, on HBO Max. It's that movie about the high school kids that they find out there's an app that they they can get on their phone that basically tells them when they're going to die. And all these kids start downloading it, yeah. and they're looking at it, and they're like, oh, I'm not going to die till I'm 93 years old, or I'm not going to die till I'm 17, you know, 17 years from now. And somebody gets and is like, oh, I'm going to die in three hours. And all of these things, again, start coming true. Um, it goes a little off the rails with some of the choices of actors that they had in this. And when they go to consult the a little um, wild and flying by the seat of his pants type of priest that they go for consultation on how to, you know, cure this and fix this. Uh, those little tropes I, I was a little, you know, turned off by, but the movie's creepy. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm a sucker for those things. I realize they're just trying to keep up with the times, but it was to the point where I found out the app is actually real and decided not to download it. So, um, anyway, that was the 2019 thriller countdown. Uh, I've got two more left. And then the next film that I watched was the 2021 release Antlers, which is a uh, film about an isolated uh, Oregon boy, or actually family, him and his younger brother and father that live out in the woods. And his father and brother acquire some sort of illness, I guess would be the safest way to put it without spoiling anything. Uh, I can tell you there is a antlered creature in the woods that uh, has a very nasty disposition. Uh, Carrie Russell from Felicity fame is the uh, lead in this film. Uh, it, it, I don't want to say I'm middle of the road on this one because I did enjoy it. Uh, the character design is fantastic. I thought the acting and the writing was very good. I wished there was a little bit more horror, a lot more gore, but it was, I'd still, I'd give it a solid watch. I would, I would certainly recommend other people check it out. I, I have nothing really bad to say about it, but I don't, I'm not raving about it either. Yeah. I was kind of middle of the road with this one. It wasn't, um, I, it didn't knock me out. I, I was, I think really I was just hoping for more because when I saw the initial trailers for it, I was, I was pretty excited about it, but, yeah. but it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't bad. And I do agree that the creature, uh, design was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm literally the same way. Like so so what do we call that? Semi Cinescare certified? <laughs> um I don't know that I would say it's Cinescare, Cinescare Mend? Mend? Yeah. Yeah. Cinescare Cinescare Mend. Yeah. Yeah. Cinema. Uh, Cinema. <laughs> but uh okay, the last one real quick that I watched is by far my least favorite movie of the year. It was absolutely terrible. I highly recommend nobody waste their time despite what Netflix is trying to confuse you with. It was number five of the week. It's called The Privilege. 
Hmm. Oh yeah, you were talking um, about that. I think it's a German film. It was. uh, There's no subtitles. It's all overdubbed. The writing in this film is just abhorrent. You know, when you've got teenagers that are actually saying words like YOLO and, you know, let's let's have a lesbian in there that's got pink hair and she's all for women's rights. It's all these like archetypes that they're trying to throw. It's like if somebody never met a teenager, but just heard what teenagers acted like. uh, And let's write it like that. You know, very, very unrealistic, very canned. Uh, It's about a wealthy teen and his friends attending an elite private school. And they uncover a dark conspiracy while looking for uh, the uh, looking into a series of strange events. It's basically a remake of The Faculty. Oh, really? Huh. It's okay, it's extremely similar. Extremely. Um, the movie starts out really good. Like the first five minutes, I felt like I was thrown into the end of a good horror movie. And this is a this is a movie, not a series. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Hour and forty minutes long. Did so, you like the faculty? Yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah. I love the faculty. So um yeah. but the the first five minutes it's it was it was pretty good, pretty intense. Like some kid is sitting there playing a video game and his parents leave for the night and then all of a sudden the sister that's stuck home babysitting him is freaking out. She's taking a knife. She's jabbing it into her mouth. It's got blood everywhere. Yanks the kid runs out of the house like they're being chased by something you don't see and something terrible happens after that. It was really great first five minutes and then it just nosedives. Like you cannot watch the rest of this film. It's that dumb. Although it does have bumbling police in it, so there's that. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, it does have an upside then, Joe. Yeah, I, it's got one positive point about the whole movie. So, <laughs> just every time I see bumbling police, I think of Joe. Now, every time, every time, I was going, "Ooh, Joe would love this one." I need to. That should be the next shirt. Is I have a soft spot for bumbling police officers. Ooh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, just don't yeah. wear it in front of a lot of police officers. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Policeman's benevolent ball. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I had. Mark, what did you watch this past couple of weeks? I watched basically two things. Well, besides uh, related uh, seven movies, um, I watched on Tubi uh, Movie Hoarders. Uh, it's a documentary. It's Movie Hoarders VHS to DVDs and beyond. And this documentary is about uh, movie lovers, particularly horror fans, who collect all sorts of different types of hard copies, from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray, Laserdisc, even Beta, and even vinyl for movie soundtracks. And it's uh, basically collectors with their phones showing their libraries of thousands upon thousands of copies of films. you know, to the obscure VHS tapes that only a couple hundred uh, uh, copies were printed, to a very rare vinyl Rosemary's Baby, uh, Rosemary's Baby vinyl soundtrack. Uh, this documentary is about two hours uh, long, and unfortunately, uh, it starts to repeat itself around like an hour and 30 minutes. Uh, they keep on uh, repeating the word nostalgia and each uh, person that they're interviewing, you know, starts talking about Blockbuster and, you know, what it means. And But it's I, I think it's 
um, if you if you like collecting hard copies, if you like directing VHS, Blu-rays, DVDs, whatever, I think it's a I think it's a, a pretty good watch. Um, I enjoyed it. I I, st- I I almost became one of these people. Um, I started uh, collecting DVDs, and I had I think my record like the most DVDs I had was like six hundred. Um, that's nothing compared to what these people have. They have thousands. But I think when a DVD transfer trans over to Blu-ray, I was just like, there's no way I'm starting all over again. It just, just it's it's just too much. And then when streaming happened, and they do talk about it in uh, in the documentary, when um, how um, hard copies are now being less and less because of streaming and how they're you guys are smiling. Um, but so I sold all my DVDs, and after watching this documentary, um, I kind of wish I just stayed on path and you know kept on uh, collecting Blu-rays because I sold all of my DVDs, all my hard copies, and I'm starting to get back into it because now I'm like collecting horror films because of me being on Cinescare, and I now it's all starting to become horror, and I'm really enjoying that. So um, you know I what? Think it's, you know what is a big. Uh, collector's thing now too is well it has been for a while now vhs a lot of people are really yeah it's into, coming back they talk about a, that and and the thing is there's a lot of older films especially like from the 80s mm-hmm. that still have never been released in on dvd or blu-ray or anything and so there's still some movies out there that that you can only find on on vhs yeah yeah I, I, i'm wondering uh, Joe, what is, like, you must have a collection. I think you have a collection, don't you, Joe? Yeah, I, got, I have about 600 DVDs and Blu-rays. 600? Yeah, yeah. okay, so so about you were there. about where I was. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, because of that documentary that you recommended, that 24 by 36 about the movie posters, Yeah. I just today in the mail received my first Mondo record album. I didn't buy the art. Um, but they re-released the uh, Tron Legacy soundtrack on double vinyl that had all original art by a Mondo artist, and so it's my my very. I think that's what I want to start getting into next is nice just Mondo uh, album soundtracks on on vinyl. Yeah, there's a uh, there. They actually uh, there's one guy that actually talks about Tron and Tron Legacy, and he has this uh, Blu-ray where it's like a disc mm-hmm. and you can sit, set it down and I, I think it's I think it's pretty rare or whatnot because I'm a huge Tron and Tron Legacy fan but that's if, so cool Joe if you want to start up your uh, DVD collection again I have a copy of the Green Knight on 4k I'll gladly sell you I already have it thank you <laughs> <laughs> and I watched I re- it recently too and I love it still I re- I received my blu-ray of of uh, the Green Knight in the mail. Thank you, Superfan, for sending that to me. I, I, we haven't had a chance to watch it, and Michelle definitely wants to watch it again because we went to a very late showing on a Friday night, and she fell asleep about maybe halfway through. So she that was. That doesn't like, help I, our cause, Matt. Well, it no, doesn't help it, our cause. It was. It, she's not a late night person and Got so it. i was i was dragging her out there way too late for her i knew it at the time i, I had a feeling it was going to be rough um but but she woke up and you know after the movie and she was like oh i really wanted to stay away because i was loving what i was seeing but um 
yeah, so we'll she definitely wants to watch it now, so and by the way, Mark, I'm cursing you. This is all your fault. You what? sent me that Halloween two action figure set, yeah, and after I got it, I was on uh Books a Millions website, and I saw there was two more Halloween action figures and a Friday the thirteenth action figure from the same series. Uh, they'll be here in three days. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're getting them? You're getting them? Yeah. Are you getting the yeah. Laurie Strode one? No, no. I just, this is, all they had at BAM, and I'm just starting small. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was either the Laurie Strode and Donald Pleasance or the Donald Pleasance and Michael Myers, and I, and I went for the for that one. Yeah, actually, one of them I know is from Halloween Kills. It's the Michael Myers Halloween Kills. Actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And these are collectibles. They they keep going up in price, so it's it's kind of cool. And they're worth whatever someone will buy them from you. Until yeah. then, they're not worth a thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched one more thing. Um, I I I did God's work. Um, I watched uh, the Netflix All of Us Are Dead, 2022 um, uh, zombie um, thing. And uh, so this is a 12 hour episodic zombie apocalypse series about a high school that um, becomes uh, ground zero for a zombie virus outbreak. Uh, trapped students try to fight uh, their way out and also create strong bonds on the way. I mentioned this to Joe, and I believe Joe uh, said he didn't want to invest hours into a series for it to fall off midway, and boy, was Joe right. Um, it was, it, it was, it was fun to watch. I was enjoying it until after, after like episode seven and then it just drops and drops horribly. And they, if they condensed this show into eight episodes, it would have been great. It would have been awesome. But just, there's some fillers. There's just campfire talks. Joe was completely right on it. Um, it's it's enjoyable to watch. There are some uh, different twists of like antivirus uh, zombies um, that can still talk and have vendettas against some students. So that was fun. Um, but all in all, it just dragged and dragged. And there were characters in this series that didn't even need to be in it, and they had half hour like scenes. And uh, so it it was a it was a brutal watch after episode seven. I'm, I'm glad I watched it, um, but boy, Joe was right on that one. So, yeah. And those are those are what I watched. Twelve hours of that. Kind of wow. Related. Twelve episodes. Whew. Twelve twelve hour episodes. Yeah, that's just a bullet that I dodged right there. Yes, yeah. you did. Well, good work, Mark. Uh, letting us You're know welcome. that we didn't need to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that brings us to our theme, which is J- uh, Joe's <laughs> John Doy. Uh, <laughs> Joe's, and and of course, Mark Superfan has has on the the white shirt and tie that is sort of. Um, <laughs> he's noticing that we changed our names on our screens to misspell them. You yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and 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 but Mark it's, is just it's even up... wrinkled. The shirt's even wrinkled like his yeah. was. Yeah, I spent a, a lot of time wrinkling it. Yeah. If, yeah. if I had a basketball tie, uh, man, that would have been awesome. 
and and uh, needed you know maybe a little baggier that '90s look or whatever. But um, you know, Brad Pitt pulls it off for some reason. But oh, of course um, he does. but yeah, Mark uh, dressed up for the occasion. I love it. I love the enthusiasm. Of course, Joe is wearing a Jason Lives uh, Friday the Thirteenth, or it looks like from That's Jason. That's not Jason Lives. Lives. Wasn't that part six, Jason? That is not know. part six. He's in a, a he's in a cemetery, right? It's a clean T-shirt. I don't know. That's a that's not a cemetery. That's no. It's in front of an old cabin. Oh, oh, okay. Kind of looks like uh, Vincent DeSanti's uh, uh, film, Never Hike Alone. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, well, that's the remake. Matt's, Matt's donning something even scarier: a Cub sweatshirt. I'm wearing a cub, that a boy. I am wearing my. Uh, horror movie t-shirt underneath it it's like this is abbey fascinating road. to all the people listening at home <laughs> well this t-shirt is like abbey road but it's got freddie michael jason and i think leatherface anyway uh <laughs> as exciting as that is we are here to to look at look into uh well it's not a franchise but the seven the movie seven which uh was joe's choice so joe take it away I, I wanted it, t- to set up set up the scene when you're a little kid. You got your footy, but no, never mind. Go ahead, Jeff. I actually don't really remember when I saw this for the first time. It, it was probably on VHS somewhere. You didn't um, see it in the movie theater. You didn't see I don't. It in the movie I don't theater? think I did. I don't. Um, but, I don't think I did either. Actually, I, oh, I, I was, did. I was doing a little research, and I'm really confused and perplexed because, like, IMDb. Spells this movie S E the number seven E N. However, on the original artwork for the movie posters that came out, it was just spelled S E V E N. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I'm kind of curious how that evolved. And it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to uh, search it sometimes because yeah. sometimes yeah. they don't show this movie unless you include that seven in the middle. So yeah, I don't remember that. But and I also rewatched the trailer the original trailer, and I'm hoping I just got a really bad version of it because the audio quality was uh, just terrible. It sounded like everybody's voices were like a half, half an octave higher. Like it was just all clipped and oh, sped really? together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, the trailer is not good. The trailer, if I had seen the trailer and I would have been like, meh. <laughs> it, it's certainly not what trailers have evolved to nowadays. Hmm. But... Um, yeah. I wonder. I wonder what made me go see it in the movie theater. I saw with uh, uh, probably your fascination with Brad Pitt. Uh, was he really? Was he that big? What was the he movie? Had, yeah, he had just become big. He had. He they had already he did done. Cool world. He did. He had done Thelma and Louise, and A River Runs Through It. Uh, or no, Legends. Legends of the Fall. A River oh, Runs great, Through great. It. Oh yeah, I was a Brad he, Pitt fan. Yeah, he was a big. Was he it. was big. At, he was. He had just blown up at the time. I think. In fact, the reason he did this movie was because of he was. He, in his words, he was trying to avoid doing cheesy movies after doing Legends of the Fall because he in Legends of the Fall he, he had his sh- shirt off half the time and his long did not. Fabio hair and everything in Legends of the Fall. He had also done Interview with the Vampire too. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Interview that with the Vampire. Yeah. He yeah. was huge. Oh, he was a big star. He yeah. was a yeah. big star. Yeah, yeah. I loved him in Interview with the Vampire. I loved Legends of the Fall. I don't care. I had that on laserdisc. Um, I liked him in California. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was a great movie, Joe. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. True Romance. Yes. Small bit yep. part, but that was oh, fantastic yeah. part. Yeah. Favorite movie of all time. That's yeah. right. Cool yeah, World. Well, cool World all. with uh, uh, artwork created. Yes, but the artwork was created by Ralph Bakshi, who mm-hmm. created the first uh, animated porno flick, Fritz the Cat, and mm-hmm. also one of my all-time favorite movies called Wizards. And I think Bakshi did The Lord of the Rings, if I'm not yes, mistaken. The Hobbit, yeah. Or The Hobbit. He did The mm-hmm. Hobbit. Who, yep. who was the guy who did Lord of the Rings and Heavy Metal? Uh, it was like he did. They had like live actors, and then he would animate the animate live. Over. He would paint over the live actors. Yeah. I can't Roto, remember the guy's Rotos- name. I think it's called rotoscoping. Yes, yeah. that, uh, you're yeah. right. You're right. Like with the at the beginning of Heavy Metal with uh, the taxi driver, that was yes. all rotoscoping. Yeah, yeah. And Lord of the Rings, the the his animated version, which they never made the second. Like it was going to be two parts, and yeah. it ends like halfway through the books. But um, they did Return of the King afterwards, and Fire and Ice. Uh, Fire and Ice is uh, another one of those. Ralph Bakshi is, did Return of the King. It was the yeah. same, and he did it just to kind of wrap up the story, Even which was weird because he didn't do the movie. Um, he did The Hobbit, and then he did a, a kind of like a musical of, uh, or not a musical, but they had songs in it. Um, the greatest of the King. adventure is what I... But I digest. There's our, okay. there's uh, our button. Yep. Oh, um, and uh, 13 Monkeys, or was it 12, 12 Monkeys? monkeys. 12 monkeys. That, was, that was later. No, that, that was, was later. after this. It was still '90s, though, right? Yeah. No, no. It actually, after... it was the same. Right. It was, yeah. it, no, it was the same year because Brad Pitt actually uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor when in the 1996 uh, um, Academy Awards. Yeah. I'm almost positive on that. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. could be. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was. Yeah. Twelve monkeys. Yeah, Twelve Monkeys and Seven both came out in 1995. Yeah. Hell of a year for him. Yeah, that was a big year. And I saw... Uh, do, we need to, do we need to set up this movie? Do we need to tell our people? Well, do, our go audience, ahead, Joe. So, yeah. I mean, uh, sort of. The, the simple thing is two detectives, uh, a rookie and a veteran, hunt a serial killer who uses the seven deadly sins as his motives. That's as concise as you can possibly get it. Right. Um, but it's got... Morgan Freeman in it, who I I could spend the rest of my days listening to him read the phone book. Yeah, he's in my top five like voiceover actors of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he's he's incredible in it, and the direction, of course, David Fincher. Um, what what are you laughing about? Oh, never mind. Your, your yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, the director David Fincher, uh, who I think. Now, I'm kind of getting mixed up what years he did things, but he hadn't done a lot up to this point. I think he had done Alien 3 and uh, maybe, um, maybe you know, I, I'm not quite sure what exactly, maybe some music videos and stuff like that. And then Yeah, he, he did, did Vogue. He did a lot of Rick Springfield shit. Yeah, he yeah. did Vogue, Madonna's Vogue, and uh, he got latched on to Alien 3, which was an absolute... Uh, production disaster he got fired yeah. three times he got thrown into like this grinder mm-hmm. and he almost quit uh filmmaking altogether after that experience and then he uh i think i think seven's the next uh picture after uh alien three it is and, alien yeah. three and 92 and then seven and 95 yeah 
And yeah. Uh, yeah, boy, did he knock it out of the part when he had like almost uh, complete creative control. Yeah, yeah, no, and and the casting of this is interesting too because I had read that one of the original people that were uh, they were looking at to play Detective Mills was <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. that would have been amazing. Yeah, I, and I'm like, I I cannot imagine Sylvester Stallone in that role. That would have been kind of fun to watch after watching yeah. Brad Pitt. Also, uh, Denzel Washington yeah. was going to be. Uh, he was offered, and he turned it. He turned it he down turned it because down. he thought it was too dark, and he went on to regret that. And of course, also, uh, Al Pacino was offered the Morgan Freeman role, and he turned it down. And oh, he later horrible. said he regretted turning it down. They they both, for the same reason, thought it was too dark. Boy, um, we got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Mark, you'd be interested to know this because of your current attire that Brad Pitt decided to buy his own ties for the film. Yeah. Because yes, he figured that. that his character should have really poor fashion sense. And he tried to be as ugly as he could after Legends of the Fall. He did yeah. a terrible job. Terrible yeah. job. He's no. just, he still looked great. He's just striking. Yeah, I wish I looked that ugly. Yeah. He, I know. I mean, he cut his hair, like, really short. I mean, he tried it to look It made greasy. him just look better. Look, yeah, he, yeah, he looked sexy as hell. Damn it. Yeah, no, he, he's, 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 like, just the epitome of handsome. Bastards. Yeah, yeah I, I love this movie from start to finish. I mean, this is a perfect film in my eyes from the acting, the directing, the, the cinematography, the colors, and the grain of film. And even the, you know, the beautiful music score by uh, Trent Reznor. Um, and I, I know walking, you know, out of the theater uh, when I saw that, I, I knew it was special and I knew it was going to last and be remembered forever. I really did. I was, I was like knocked off my uh, stock. So was like the whole entire audience. There was tons of gaps. And um, I thought it was going to be nominated for Best Picture. And unfortunately, it, Unfortunately, he wasn't even nominated. It was nominated, I think, for uh, editing. I think it was non- nominated only for editing. Hmm. And but Brave Braveheart won Best Picture, I think, uh, that year. Um, but this film has gone out last most uh, nominated oh films. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what what were the films nominated? It was uh, Braveheart, Babe. Uh, do I have it written down? Uh, Postman Ill something? El Postino? Yeah, El Postino, Apollo 13, and Sense and Sensibility. Um, I don't, I haven't seen Babe. Oh, I, I saw Apollo 13. You, you never saw Babe? Babe? No, I never saw Babe. God, Why would I want with to see you a, and... a dancing pig? Because it's, it's a not good movie. <laughs> I don't think he dances, but it's it's it is a very good movie. Surprisingly, it's it's isn't it made by the same guy who does the Mad Max movies and all of those? No, it's not. Know. No, it's not. <laughs> no way. What's it, his it, name? It's made by some film auteur. I I can't remember which one it is, but um, uh, so this was actually nominated in the Academy Awards for Best Film Editing. Oh, that's right. Um, okay, in the awards. Uh, yeah, David no, Fincher, he, Best Director, and it was a nominee for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actress, Best Original Screenplay, Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, Best Sound Design, and Best Film Editing. Seven? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. I, I only thought it was nominated for editing. Nope. So so did any of them win? Uh, this, uh, oh, this 
was the 2020 awards. This wasn't the Academy Awards. The only Academy Awards that it was nominated for, you were correct, is Best Film Editing. Um, but they, they go on. There's a list like the BAFTA Awards, Saturn. the 2020 Awards, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, uh, ASCAP Awards, uh, blah, blah, blah. It, it won lots of other things, just not the big so, one. So all the awards have taste but the Academy, but we, we already knew that. And I stand corrected on uh, the director of Babe. It was it was not uh, George Miller. It was the director of <laughs> of um, of the Road Warrior movies and and uh, Mad Max. He didn't direct Babe. He directed the sequel, which was Babe Pig in the Babe City. Pig in the City. Yeah, yeah. Pig in so, the City. You gotta yeah, see that shit, Mark. And and he. And Wait, that you one, saw that too? Yeah. Yeah. It's oh it's that one's considered uh, one of the best sequels. Um, it, it was highly rated. Yeah, it's like it's like Godfather Part Two. No, yeah. it's not. It, wait, yes. Isn't that with James Cromwell? He he goes, "Atta boy, pig, atta boy." Did you see it? Or that'll do, pig. That'll do, pig. No, yeah, yeah. no, but that that's like the line. Because yeah. it's a famous pig. movie. Yeah, it's, that'll it's do. A, it's pig. a good movie. Yeah. And actually, uh, P- Babe Pig in the City, which was directed by the director of Mad Max, George Miller, and uh, all those movies. Uh, I, I read George some article. Directed that movie. Yeah, uh, he directed the sequel. I direct and what? I read. I read a, a some article uh, saying that uh, you know, so, some writer was saying, "Sorry, all you Mad Max fans, but Babe Pig in the City is his masterpiece." Yeah. Oh yeah, Fury, Fury Road's not his masterpiece. Get out. I, well, you haven't said. Okay. Unfortunately, you don't have. Unlike Joe and I, you don't have a point of reference to compare. So. Yeah. And when you get right. that, then you I'm can come back and we'll Yeah. In fact, let's just I'll close out Advent his screen because he hasn't watched. I watch it. Babe. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got to watch uh, Babe, Babe Pig in the City, and um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. We'll just okay. start making a list, and we'll put it up on the website. Movies oh, Mark needs he's to watch. Be so far okay, behind. so, so, so you know when I talk to people about Seven, usually, of course, the you're first talking thing, to random people on the street, or well, no, like start when, up the conversation. Well, well, how often does Seven like pop up when you talk to some, you know, you know, movie fans? It, it pops up, you know, occasionally, right? Just like Seven. Oh yeah, great. It's, you know, detective, uh, psychological thriller ever i mean it it just pops up but when i talk to people about seven i mean usually of course the first thing brought up is the head in the box and then the next thing is how graphic the murders are but uh i don't think they are um if you look at uh the movie it's all talked about the murders it's the two lead detectives talking about what happened but when they are talking about the murders well, there's, I mean, there is gore, but it's not, well, yeah. there's no violence shown, really. I there's mean, no violence. In, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so when they're talking about the murders, you know, we see the victims front stage and center, right? Yeah. And and what we see is we see the blood, we see the cuts, we see the gashes, we see uh, severed hands, uh, we see all this. And uh, but we never do see the murders and we use our imagination on how it went down for a couple of seconds during each crime scene and over. And it's our imagination that really uh, makes it worse, I, I, I believe. And uh, I mean, there's very little violence in this film. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
The most violent thing is when John Doe shoots at the detectives. Right. And yeah. and when Brad Pitt actually injures himself. <laughs> yeah, when he gets or that uh no, the most violent thing I guess is when Brad Pitt gets hit in the head with the gun. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, we, we, that's that's the most violent thing you see, you know. Right. Yeah. What would what was the one scene where Brad Brad Pitt does injure he he severs something on his hand? Would he, he, busted, would, would he land it on the windshield or yeah. was it going yeah. through the glass? It was no, going it was through the, the glass, windshield. I think. Of, I thought it was the windshield of a car. I thought it was the windshield. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Yeah, but, but he, and he, he had to like have really surgery. Hurt himself. Yeah, he had to have surgery in it. But look, it, but it's great afterwards. It's oh like, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and then he's got it wrapped up and everything. Yeah, no, it works totally. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a great scene when when <laughs> Morgan Freeman's uh, Williams or uh, Summer says to him, he said, "You cannot open that door." <laughs> and he just kicks well, it open. Well, you know, one of the things, yeah, I was about to. That's funny because I was I was actually thinking of that scene when you said that just now, um, mm-hmm. because. One of the things that that I, I you know when they get to that part, I'm like, what would they do? Because when they were at knocking at his door, the guy starts shooting at them. So they obviously at that point have probable cause, and you just you know I would think you would just it, there's no way of getting around it. Like Morgan Friedman was saying, we cannot open this door. We got to leave, as though he wanted to just leave. But meanwhile, there's been this chase gunshots fired going through people's apartments you can't just leave anyway like you you're kind of screwed at that point like Brad Pitt really was right you've got to get in that apartment at that point you can't just leave and but there was no reason that for them to be at that door that's what he kept on saying right no i know but at once the guy got there and started shooting at them they kind of had to go through with it anyway whether you know that meant getting fired or or whatever you know but they couldn't yeah, just Yeah, Mills leave. was right on that. Mills was yeah. completely right. Like, we got to open this door. Right. Just, you know, yeah, be a so junkie. Just for the audience, at, at a certain point, uh, they, they do go to an apartment where the actual killer lives. And they got the name by... Now, I think it's true that, the, that Homeland Security does have access to people's library accounts. But back then, they didn't officially... It came in with the Patriot Act. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But back then they didn't officially. But but so Morgan Friedman knew a guy in the FBI, and they could access. They just couldn't do it officially. They could access that information of of what books people are checking out. So if they're looking for a guy in you know a city. Uh, who did a certain kind of bomb or whatever, they might look up, they might go to the library and look up books that have been checked out. And if there's one name, and, and there's certain kinds of books, Mein Kampf or whatever, that will raise red flags. And if, you know, then they look down the list of people who have checked out those books from the library. And and so they found this guy based on these books that he had checked out. And they decided to go knock on his door and talk to him to find out, you know, if he might be suspicious. And if so, then they would take the next step of focusing their, you know, investigation on him and find evidence other ways. But what happens, of course, is they go and knock on his door and the real killer walks upon them in the hallway, pulls out a gun and starts shooting at them. So... Uh, there was a bit of a quandary as to how to handle that situation because they really technically shouldn't have been there. 
Speaking of library, I wanted to point out that is one of my favorite scenes in this film. The contrast. Yeah. Because you're in this world, this dreary, always raining, dark, disgusting world of chaos, and you're constantly looking to find the answers to this psychopath who's basing his murders off the seven deadly sins, and Morgan Freeman finds solace in the library. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, they've got box uh, suite number three and D playing, and it's he's going through all this beautiful literature and culture, but for the worst possible reason ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I love the, just the deep contrast in that, in the center the of the green film. Lights, the green lights, the green lights. Yeah. It's, it's Wait, just... I, and I'm wrapping my head around trying to solve that mystery before the internet, you know, it's right. Just, yeah. The countless <laughs> hours of research you'd have to yeah. do and reading. Oh Yeah. No, I le- that's one of the notes I took on this also was I loved the classical music they played, you know, and they obviously had it set up for him. It's like it's probably something he's done a million times, yet he knows the guys. They let him in after hours, and he just sits back, and they have that music for him while they play mm-hmm. cards. And uh, I loved that. I thought it would just added a, a touch. There's so much about this this movie that could easily have just gone into the direction of a very stereotypical kind of thriller, you know, and they could have made a happy ending and all of this stuff. But and and by the way, of course, if you're not familiar with our show, we will go into spoilers on this. So if you've <laughs> never seen Seven, stop this mo- stop this episode now. Go watch it, it, then come. Go back. watch. Go watch one, two, three, four, five, and six. Yeah. Then watch seven, then come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I love, I love that one line when Morgan Freeman's in the library too, and he just looks up to the poker place, going, "All this knowledge, you're playing poker." Poker, yeah, and right, yeah. Like, oh gosh, what a great scene! Jeff. And then there's just little things uh, that you know, just such a subtle, and I, and I, and I do think I, I like David Fincher as a director, but I feel like sometimes his, he gets a little caught up in his trickery. And and some of his stuff seems a, a little gimmicky at times to me, but there there's so many subtle little nuances in this movie, and 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 I think I felt I feel like this sometimes his movies the style overbears the substance like uh, Panic Room. I feel like mm. that is an example where he had more style than substance in that movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought that. Uh, Fight Club kind of wrestled back and forth with that a little bit. Um, and Mark, stop making faces. I'm sorry. I, I thought uh, Fight Club kind of struggled with that back and forth overall. I think, he, you know, I'm not as in love with that movie as, as a lot of people are. But um, but I, I feel like this one is just, it was the perfect balance of his kind of style. It was, you know, it just, everything worked. And, and there's just this moment when they're walking into a crime scene where Brad Pitt is, starts questioning a street cop about the way that they have uh, kind of set up the scene and and did you check his vitals and blah, blah, blah. And the guy was like, no. And he was like, well, is that the way you do things around here or whatever? And then when they get inside and the cop has left them alone, Morgan Freeman says, what exactly was the point of the conversation you were about to get into? And and I loved that. It's just like he's calling him on it, but he's making him think about why did you even start that conversation? Obvious, and, and really, Morgan Friedman's saying, I thought, anyway, 
I think Morgan Freeman's saying, you're just trying to show everyone that you know. You know what I mean? It's like y- y- there's no real point to that conversation. If they didn't do the crime scene the way it was supposed to be, we'll have to figure it out. So why even start the conversation? Like you're just trying to make yourself look big, you know? Yeah, I I, I loved how Brad Pitt, uh, Detective Mills, uh, commented back afterwards, going, I don't know how many times have Barney Fife, uh, you know, been in a crime scene. Yeah. It, yeah, mm-hmm. but you're, yeah, you're right. It's everything about this film is so good. Yeah, and then uh, another little subtle nuance was when when Morgan Friedman gets on board and wants to be a part of it, and he's talking to the chief played by uh, Lee Ray. Uh, what's his L. Uh, Ermy? Um, what's his name? Um, R. Lee Ermy. R. Lee Ermy. Uh, he. When he's talking to him about the seven deadly sins, and he put he he shows the 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 picture. I don't know if you guys caught this. He shows the pictures to Brad Pitt and says envy, and has and the pictures for a moment cut off Brad Pitt's head. And for a, when he says envy, the pictures are right over Brad Pitt's head. And I, I thought that might be a subtle, like, I, I think that was a directorial, obviously anything in a movie I think is a directorial choice, um, but I, I think that might have been a little nod to, you know, maybe the head at the end, you know. I'm even, too busy laughing at Arlie Ermy saying, this isn't even my desk when the phone rings. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's great. Right. yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> and it, yeah. it, it was it was totally uh, ad-libbed because when they were was shooting the scene... Yeah, they were shooting the scene. That phone accidentally rang, and he picked it up and said, this isn't even my desk. I hang up and kept rolling. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Oh, and, that's and, and anybody that uh, is asking who this actor that we're talking about, uh, he's the drill sergeant from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and he's been in, he's been in a lot ad-lib? of different things. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, I mean, he was an actual drill sergeant. He yeah. was an actual drill sergeant in, when he was, I believe, in the Marines. And his favorite movie is Babe Pig in the City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By George, directed by George Miller, and yeah. Mark has still never seen either of those movies, sadly. So are we are we ready to go to the task at hand? What's with that? With the double feature. Oh yeah, let's let's. Um... So Matt, just to catch everybody else up, Matt yeah. had given us the task of if you were to stage a double feature. With seven, of course, being one of the two movies, what would you pair it with? Right. So, uh, Matt, that was your idea. So, what was yours? Okay. Well, I had a few that I watched that, and this was great because there were a few movies that I had not seen before, and I, I, there were a couple that I had thought that I had seen before, and there were two that I hadn't seen before. Now. The the two that I had seen before, the first one, and and I'm even as I'm sitting here talking right now, I'm still bouncing back and forth on which one I would do as a double features. But I've I have chosen it, and I have my reasons why. Uh, but okay, so the first movie that I thought of was uh, a film from 1987, and that is starring Mickey Rourke, Robert De Niro. And Lisa Bonet, and that is Angel Heart. And I absolutely, this is one that I've loved for a long time. And and when it came out in 87, 
I was all over this movie. It was, of course, De Niro was one of my favorite uh, actors, and and I I I was really I really I liked Mickey Rourke from the time I saw him in uh, Diner and um, you know some of those. I think there was I can't remember the other. There was another couple of movies that I really liked that he was in, but but Angel Heart is a kind of noir and and that's you know seven that's one thing we haven't mentioned is that it's sort of an updated noir that's what david fincher was trying to do he wanted to make a black and white movie in color and it's sort of a detective noir movie darker and you know updated to today uh and angel heart is that too it's a noir it is a mystery it's sort of a convoluted plot uh it's not obviously none of these movies are the exact same plot but it's very similar Robert De Niro plays a guy who is asking um, Detective Harry Angel to uh, go on a a search for a missing person. It's a guy who owes him, owes Robert De Niro. And Robert De Niro plays this kind of shadowy figure by the name of uh, Louis Cipher, which is, of course, Lucifer, uh, Lou Cipher, Lucifer. And he's sort of supposed to represent the devil. And uh, the idea, as you go along, as you begin to realize that uh, the missing person owes him his soul. But we don't know who the missing person is. I won't say anything because this is not necessarily one that that it didn't get a huge. I mean, it was talked about a lot, but it didn't do that great. And it's not one you hear talked about that much now. And I think it's sort of a forgotten gem. I, I think among you know fans of the genre, every I'm sure everyone is a big fan of Angel Heart, but. Um, Anyway, this is one – I didn't choose this one uh, just because it is relatively well-known. Uh, the next thing I watched was a Japanese film called Cure, which I found on uh, the Criterion channel. And this was – this was really – I can't this, – this is the one that I kind of was bouncing back and forth with putting it as my double feature. Uh, it's – there's a, a wave of gruesome murders in Tokyo. And there's a – and there, the thing that connects each of these the, – the, the method of murder is not the same in all of these. But what connects them is that each of the victims has an X carved into their back. However, the, 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 the murderer – is always someone different in each of these murders, and they are found not far away from the crime scene, sort of bewildered and dazed, and don't really remember what happened, and kind of remember murdering the person, but they don't know why they did it. They're not murderers. They're just normal, everyday people. One of them is a cop, and it comes to find out this one detective is is searching, and they come to realize that they've all had a connection to this one guy who claims to sort of have an amnesia, but they begin to see uh, that he has some, um, uh, he might be hypnotizing these people into murdering others. So it's it's a really good uh, kind of noirish, uh, very similar feel to Seven. Um, a really good, good, good mystery. This is, and it's called Cure, directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. And it is, I, I think, really one of the better movies I've seen in a while as a discovery. Uh, so I highly recommend that one. Uh, again, that's not one I'm going to pick. And then the the next one I watched that is not going to be in the double feature is a German film that was highly in 1983 German film by a director named Gerald Cargill. Uh, 
who it never directed anything else. He's sort of a legend uh, that he was this auteur, this you know director who really um, created this groundbreaking, highly influential film, and then never directed anything else ever again. It was very uh, controversial, shocking. Uh, the murders in it are pretty disturbing uh, in a way. And, and it's not so much what you see as much as how it's done. The camera work and the f- camera angles, the cinematography is absolutely groundbreaking and breathtaking. There are angles in this camera angles that I noticed in seven that are very similar. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was high, it was very influenced by angst uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is another movie heavily influenced by angst. But basically, you're seeing a serial killer uh, who has been rehabilitated, supposedly, released from prison, and he goes on another killing spree. And we, the camera hovers over him or under him, and it moves along with him. They even They even have cameras, and this is something I had never seen in a movie until maybe in the nineties or two thousands, a camera being strapped to someone so that we see their face as they're running. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and so it's, it has that kind of like that weird thing where there's a camera right there while somebody's trying to run away. It, it's, it's really amazing and, and very disturbing. Um, excellent, excellent movie. And, and not for the faint of heart, but we see, but we're, we're, we basically see the whole thing through the eyes of the serial killer while he's murdering these people and torturing or whatever. We hear him, his narration over it and, and, and what he wants to do to these people and what he, you know, but he's also not that good at it. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I didn't choose that one because it's not quite in the same vein as, as these others. But the one I did choose was 1986's Michael Mann-directed Manhunter, which uh, was the first appearance of Hannibal Lecter, uh, by, and, and he was played in this by the amazing Brian Cox. from the, You may know him from the TV show um, uh, Succession on HBO now. And he's much younger in this, obviously, 1986. Uh, but he's—I I would love to see more of his Hannibal Lecter. He—he, I—I, as much as I love Anthony Hopkins, his was pretty good too. And this is Michael Mann in the middle of his uh, Miami Vice days and uh, the, the, his powers as a director. It's FBI agent Will Graham is out looking for a serial killer, and he. Um, he uses Hannibal Lecter to help him uh, try to find this this guy. Uh, so it's highly stylized. It's a far better movie than the one that came out um, maybe 10 or so years ago called uh, Red Dragon. Uh, I think it's a much, much better movie than that one. And um, I thought it's, it just, it's just a tight film. And I thought it would be a really nice uh, double feature to go along with Seven. A little different stylistically, uh, but but also both very much directed by auteurs who are really at the height of their powers when they made these particular movies. And relatively early in their careers, like Seven was relatively early in, in uh, David Fincher's career, and Manhunter was pretty early in Michael Mann's career. It might have even been his first feature film, I'm not sure. But um, anyway, those are my double features. Um, Joe, how about you? Well, not to be outdone by Matt, but I 
analyzed and scrutinized over 8,000 films that I did not pick, and I'm going to review each one of them right now, <laughs> one at a time, a in, in well, chronological order. That was my... No, that was, I... That was Come on, Because no. I said I, I didn't... <laughs> Because I said I didn't watch uh, much, you know, so I was going to talk about them at this part because I didn't sure, watch much sure. that oh, wasn't involved sure. with this. Got it. Uh, no, I, I obviously did not do anywhere near the... Re- I, this is a simple one for me. I picked three films that I would just love to see with it. And one of them is quite similar to yours that I am not going with. But uh, my first one was Silence of the Lambs. Just because of the yeah. hunting of a serial killer, uh, right. the same gritty atmosphere, the uh, wonderful story, the, it, yeah. you know, the, a character you can really get behind. So, but Silence of the Lambs wasn't close enough for me. So my next pick as a double feature would have been The Usual Suspects because I got to have some verbal kint and some mm-hmm. Kaiser Soze, yeah. and I can't get enough of... Uh, uh, now I lost his name, John Doe. Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Can't oh, get enough yeah, yeah. Kevin Spacey. I, I, I need so much Kevin Spacey so I'd stop forgetting his name. <laughs> um, but again, it's that whole murder mystery, misdirection, uh, well, detective b- Both of those mystery. would have been a little on the nose, right? Just, oh, they're extremely on the yeah. nose. And if you think that's on the nose, wait till you see the one that I picked. Oh. Because what I want to go with number seven is eight. Millimeter. Uh, yeah, that was oh, one I, I thought of too. I, yeah. Because yeah, that, they're yep. both written by Andrew Walker. Yep. Yep. And again, it's a dark, gritty, disgusting, you know, uh, snuff. You go from the seven deadly sins to a snuff film. It's one just about, you know, one of the seven deadly sins. It just seems so, exactly as you put it, on the nose and such yeah. an easy no brainer that, yeah, I would watch both of those movies back to back and feel dirty and disgusting afterwards. Joaquin's great in that film, too. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage. I, despite (laughs) my opinions of Nicolas Cage, that's what I I love it, Joe. I love it. you don't own it, Joe. You don't own that film. No, I I know. (laughs) Eight millimeter, like, I can, I own seven. I can watch that time and time again. Eight millimeter, I, no, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. No. You know, it did have an interesting scene. I I thought towards the end before he was going to go, confront the killer or find the killer or what he knew who it was and he was but there was a, a scene where he like stops someplace and calls one of the victims or the family of one of the victims or something like that to kind of oh, the, the like, mother almost calls like the mother of the girl that was snuck. yeah but it was yeah. like he was almost you know i've never seen that like a a hero you know in a movie the protagonist calling someone to get himself pumped up to go do this thing. Yet most like revenge movies, the person just goes in and does it like they are intent. But he was like, he had to get like psyched up. And it's like, he was asking permission. Right. From the mother well, the, of the, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. yeah the only true. thing that would have made that better is if he had had a whole bunch of bad PCP before <laughs> going after the killer. Yeah. And then we got two movies at once. So. <laughs> So that was my my pairing with that, uh, like a fine wine. So, Mark, what did you, what did you pair for your double feature? I I only picked two, um, and this one's a little bit also on the known on the nose, but um, I think it's less known, and that's Identity, uh, the two thousand three uh, film. Mm-hmm. Um, Love a, that film. Yeah, it's a good great. one. Uh, it, uh, it's basically. Uh, 
People are stranded at a, a desolate uh, Nevada motel during a nasty rainstorm. Uh, ten strangers become acquainted with each other. Just don't with, give it away. Yeah, I won't. Okay. When they realize that they are being killed off by one of them. And uh, it stars uh, John Cusack, um, Amanda Peace, Roy, uh, not Roy, Ray Liotta, and uh, John Hawks, who I love. I love John Hawks. And uh, it's not a bad film. It has a great ending uh, that uh, definitely puts a huge twist at the end of the film, and I love that film. And for the record, you had me at John Cusack. <laughs> I love John Cusack. Yeah. I don't care if he's yeah. a... Well, he, he's a traitor with socks and Cubs, but we won't get into that. Uh, he is? Why? Yes. What happened there? Well, he's Your a Cubs fan. He, no, we, we can't get into this. It'll, it'll yeah. take too long. All right, yeah. all right. Um, but uh, the one I picked, I, I went out of the box. I went uh, sort of like how Matt did. Um, I went for the 1931 film M. Oh. It's on HBO Max right now. And I basically, I, I had no idea about this film. Um, I was just going, movies that are like seven. That's what I did on the internet. And I went through all of them. And I saw Silence of the Lambs and... Uh, Manhunter and all that, but I saw M. I was like 1931, so and it was on HBO Max and it's a uh, Criterion uh, Collection too. Um, it's about a child murderer who lures children and candy. This is a German film, by the way, uh, but it's a, it's about a child murderer who loves uh, who lures uh, children in with uh, candy and balloons. Uh, the police can't find a murderer. So uh, they do a city manhunt. This puts a strain on the criminals on the city, and so they also do investigations. The criminals uh, try to put a stop to it because uh, the cops are all over the place, and it's hindering you know, their criminal activities. And um, Peter Lors is in this film. It's one of his uh, first films he's been in. And uh, he also stars in uh, Peter Lors. is also in Casablanca. Peter, Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie. Laurie. Dang it, I'm sorry. Thank you for that, Matt. Laurie, Peter Laurie. And uh, it's uh, directed beautifully by Fritz Lang, who also directed uh, Metropolis and uh, the 1963's uh, uh, Contempt that I haven't seen, but I guess it's very well known. And uh, in this movie, I mean, there's amazing shots in it. Um... There's a smoke-filled lens. Uh, there's uh, shadowed uh, figures. It's, it's really well shot. And uh, there's a lot of wonderful character faces that imprint in your brain. It's very uh, well-pronounced uh, character faces in it that I'm still like thinking about. Just really great. It's, it's a great movie. Um, what I wish that this movie had, but it's, unfortunately it's 1931. There's no music in it, Joe. So you're going to really probably – there's parts in this film that there's no sound at all. Um, you just see uh, mobs just like walking, and there's no sound. Um, so Joe might have a hard time going through it. Um, there's a great speech at the end by Laurie. Peter Laurie, yeah. Peter Laurie. There's a great speech at the end. Oscar – uh, winning performance, in my opinion. Uh, it's really great at the end. I, Matt, have you seen it? Uh, no, I have not seen this one, no. Yeah, well, it, it, I, I really enjoyed it. 
for a 1931 film, I mean, it's 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 pretty well done. So that's what I picked. Went outside of the box. All right. Are we uh, are we wrapping on uh, our our love of the movie Seven? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we didn't really talk about the ending, of course. You know, which What's I in think the is, box? which I think is one of the great endings. I, I just think it's one of the greatest endings ever. And they almost, I mean, the studio wanted to change it. They wanted to... Uh, Studio's stupid. Yeah, they wanted to make it, a I don't know, if a happier ending or whatever, but Brad Pitt uh, said he would not do the movie if they changed the ending. There was like a song and dance number at the end, wasn't there? there yeah, was something like, yeah, Fozzie yeah. Bear pops Fozzie out of the Bear. box. Yeah. Yeah. There was... There was uh, What's one, in the box? Waka, waka, waka. No, there was one uh, 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 re- rewrite on it where... Um, John Doe was creeping into Tracy's apartment and, uh, Brad Pitt, you know, Mills is like doing a car, you know, through, you know, and like busting into the apartment and shooting John Doe, you know, saving her. And, uh, when Brad, when Brad Pitt saw that, he's like, no, I, I signed on for the first draft, first draft only. I think everybody wanted the first draft, but the executive, so that just explains a lot. Before I know Joe has a trivia, um, before we get to that, I did want to say also that uh, I had read that David Fincher said he was he had been thinking about a William, not William, Peter Blatty, um, Bill. What, who's the director of The Exorcist? Um, uh, oh, Friedkin. William Friedkin. Yeah. yeah, William Friedkin. He had been thinking about it, wanting it to be sort of like a 70s William Friedkin. Friedkin movie in the same vein as like the French Connection and and those kinds of films that he did back in those days and I can totally yeah. see that um, totally with, minus you know they didn't have a car chase or anything but um, all right Joe what do, what are you Joe has all right um, we're we're gonna show you what's in the box oh, what's in the box and that's the <laughs> trivia for the movie Seven now are you what prepared kind of, what kind of Seven um, music theme like what kind of seven trivia theme music do you have in mind? We're, we're probably going to do uh, Box Suite or the the Bach piece that's playing in the ah, library. Ah, I like you it. Know, yeah, there's yeah. really it's that, or we play Trent Reznor's Nine Inch Nails stuff. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark just got up and walked away. <laughs> he has given up already. He, he's so he's so. Um, hurt by by losing all these other episodes. I think this is going to be the one that he wins though because I I I I don't think I'm as up on seven trivia as he's going to be. So Oh hey there he is. Back. there he is. Sorry, uh passing a kidney stone and sometimes uh, it happens, you gotta go. <laughs> uh well then without further ado <laughs> we'll <laughs> Sorry. We will we'll edit start it out. Trivia. Edit it out. Okay, no, just edit no, it out. No, oh no, kidney stone perfect. stay. In fact, that's the oh, new yeah. bumper. Yep. Uh, that's going to be his name for the By the show. way, audience, I, you know, if you have not been hanging around until post credits, you've been missing out on on a little tidbit that Mr. Joe Jans always gives you every episode. God. If you wait around after the episode, after the the Cinescare theme, is done playing. Joe has a little, usually has a little snippet. It's mostly, it's, a gift. it's, it's mostly a gift, really. yeah. super fan Mark uh, <laughs> quotes from the episode, but sometimes there'll be other stuff in there too. But yeah, there's some, there's some good ones. Only when it's worthy. Right. I'm yeah. not going to force anything like this episode. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But. Yeah. Well, okay, you guys, 
Yeah, it's true. Uh, do you guys happen to have a piece of paper and I a do. pen with you? Uh, or could you get one relatively quickly? Yes. You will need it for the first question, and you will need it for the bonus question. All right. Yes, I've got it. Okay. Other than this one, it's normal rules. Your name is your buzzer, like we've always done. But this very first question, in the short amount of time that I'm going to give you, question number one, name the seven deadly sins. Read them off. Oh. Lust, gluttony, envy, sloth, wrath, pride, and greed. Wow, Mark got all seven. I got four, or no, I don't even have four. What do you What do you got there? Um, can you s- gluttony, sloth, sloth. I put vanity, envy, envy. Was vanity, uh, van- vanity is not what vanity is actually envy or uh, is uh, pride. Pride. So you right. got three. Dang. Okay, so it's currently three to seven. I froze yes! up on that. I froze up on that one. Okay. Well, all right. Now back to the regular format. Uh, your name is your question. Are you guys both ready? Yes. Who yes, sir. directed the movie Seven? Mark. Matt. Mark. David Fincher. That is correct. Wait until the question is read. How long? Has William Somerset been a police officer at the beginning of the film? Mark. Mark. 20 years. No! Incorrect. Yeah. Matt. Matt. 30 years. No! Also incorrect. 34 years. Dang. Question number four. What city was the movie set? Matt. Matt. It is never said. That is correct. Nice catch on a trick question. Uh, Question number five. What bedside device apparently helps Somerset sleep? Mark. Mark. Oh, I don't know the device. The (laughs) TikToker. No! Matt. Metronome. That's correct. Freaking wordle smarty. But (laughs) does he sleep to it, or does he set it when he... It felt like he turned it on when he He woke up. He sleeps to it. He sleeps to it. He's trying to... It puts him to sleep. It puts him to sleep. Okay, question number six. At the film's opening, how long is it before Somerset intends to retire? Matt. Matt. Five days? No! Incorrect. Mark. Mark. Seven days. Correct, or one week. Uh, Point for Mark. Okay, uh, question number seven. John Doe punishes those guilty of committing one of the seven deadly sins. The victim he goes after first is guilty of which sin? Mark. Mark. Gluttony. No! Incorrect. Matt. Did you have an answer? Uh, 
Oh, uh, the, the, the one who goes after first is Sloth. Sloth. That is correct. Oh, trick question. Not no, a trick question. It's not a trick question. Gluttony no. is the well first done, victim Mark. found, uh, but uh, Sloth actually took place a year prior. You're right. You're right. Well done, man. Damn it. <laughs> the only reason I got that right is because he he went he went first because uh, I would have yeah. said gluttony to. Uh, question number eight: What did John Doe take from the greed victim to symbolize his sin? Mark. Mark. A pound of flesh. That is correct from the Merchant of Venice. Uh, Mark. Now this point. is going to be. I, I knew it. Mark's going to win this one. No. Don't jinx it. No. Don't jinx it. This is what you do. Don't get in my head. Let's go, Joe. Question what have I number... ever said that before? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go back and listen to all the previous episodes. Uh, question number nine. What occupation is the greed victim? Matt. Mark. Mm, I think Mark came in. He's a lawyer. Can you be more specific? He's an attorney. Lawyer? Can you be more specific? District attorney. No! Incorrect. He he is a, a criminal lawyer, or for a defense lawyer? Defense attorney is defense the correct attorney, answer, yeah. because he helps the guilty escape punishment. That's yeah. why I was looking for that specifically. Okay. Uh, nice job, man. Nice job. Question number 10. At the greed crime scene, what is written behind Matt. the painting? Matt. Help me. That is correct. Question number 11. Uh, and by the way, there are 23 plus a bonus. So 20. question number 11. What was the unusual name of the SWAT leader played by John C. McGinley? Oh. I don't know. Oh. Matt's pass or Mark's passing another kidney stone. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Detective Mills is really hurting right now. God. And I'm point break. No! Nope, I'm throwing that one out. Uh, what is it? His name's California. God, uh, remember at the helicopter? California. That's why I was thinking it. California, point point stay away, away from here. It's stay so away funny. from here. I, 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 I wonder if his heart got shaved. Whatever you hear, stay away. I wouldn't say he's a star. John Doe has the upper hand. He had done uh, platoon. He'd done quite a bit. He's a recognizable yeah. face. He was at Point Break. Yeah. yeah, I don't think was Scrubs on at that point. Uh, ninety-five. I think I it know. was. No, no, he wasn't in Scrubs yet. Probably not, yeah. Um, actually, no, I'm not. We'll look at it for some other time. Uh, okay, question number 12. What shocks the detectives about John Doe's apartment when they find it? All Mark. of the detectives. Matt. Matt. Mark. How organized it is. No! There's no fingerprints. Correct. God bless it. Why did... Not a okay. single fingerprint in the entire apartment. Yes. Question number 13. Which two items are glued to the pride victim's hands? Mark. Mark. A bottle of pills. And... I'm asking for two items. A razor. No! Incorrect. A bottle of pills and 
Oh, a knife? No! Incorrect. Oh, no! I know, I know! A, a phone in a one phone. hand, a bottle phone. of sleeping pills in the phone. other. Yeah. I was gonna say phone, but then he said razor, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! Yeah, why would he? Why would she? Why? Why was there a phone in the other hand? She so could have called call for, for help. help, but her face was already disfigured. Oh, she that's didn't right. want to okay. call for help. So you know what? Come on, I, that one I got screwed up with saw because saw would have had her with a bottle of pills to kill herself or a, a knife to cut her knife face. To kill off. Herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, yeah. Louise, too many saw movies. Okay, question number fourteen. This is a deep, deep, deep dive. What is John Doe's apartment number? Matt. Matt. Three oh six. Three oh six. No. Incorrect. Damn it. Mark. Three oh seven. I just no! this Incorrect. Up I knew it was going to be on this six oh five. No, but you're close. It was six oh four. Oh. I, I looked that up before the show because I had a feeling that was going to be one of the questions. Well, I was going to do a whole mathematic equation thing, and then I dropped it. No, so no, a lot of these uh, have to do with numbers. So I would have loved uh, that. Speaking of which, question number 15. How many notebooks are found in John Doe's apartment? Mark. Mark. 2,000. That is correct. Yes, Mark. Yes. There you go, baby. Uh, question number 16. What two sins remain as Mills and Somerset prepare to go outside Mark. the city? Mark. 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 Uh, envy and wrath. That is correct. Matt, is your mic working? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Question number I 17. I told you, Mark knows this one better than me. <laughs> Question number 17. What is the name of the delivery company that delivers the oh, box? No. I don't know this one. I don't remember. I don't Ugh, all right, throwing it out. Crosstown chicken? Express. Mm. No, Crosstown Express. Some, some, for some reason, I was thinking of chicken. Okay. Question <laughs> number 18. What's in the box? Matt. Uh, Mark. Matt. Matt got it. Uh, his wife's head. That is correct. Oh, also blood. Yeah. <laughs> Her pretty head. And space and oxygen. Yes. Yeah. And and card corrugated cardboard. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Uh, question number nineteen. What are John Doe's final words? Mark. Mark. Oh, he didn't know. That is correct. Yes. He didn't know. Wow. He didn't know. <sighs> Mark's going to win. Look at him. Jim, he, stop he, it, man. Stop saying it. that. He's Shut feeling up. it. No. Stop. How can I jinx that? It's not you're like you're winning it. because of luck. Okay, you're I'm a gonna, Cubs fan. You don't know anything about jinxing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to my questions. Okay. So question number 20. This is lengthy. So Mark, jump in whatever you want. If the point of John Doe's masterpiece was indeed for seven people to die for committing each of the deadly sins... Then by the film's end, it was technically incomplete. One sinner was left alive. Which of Matt. the seven... D- Matt? Wrath. Come vengeance, David. Ah, oh, so right. You tell me. That is correct. Come. Wrath. Wrath. Vengeance. Uh, by the time John Doe surrenders, uh, there's still two more that have to be done. David Mills does not actually die at the end of the film. So. Right. Uh, that was 20... Question number 21. I'm jumping in next time. I'm not going to be just waiting till the end of the question. I which, know you told me I know you told me to get in there, but <laughs> which writer does Somerset quote at the end of the film? 
Oh, boy. Uh, Mark. Which, Mark. Hawthorne? No! Incorrect. Nah. Uh, Shakespeare? No! Also incorrect. Ernest Hemingway. Mm. That was closer. Question 22. What did he quote? Are, are you asking what the quote was? What, or? The Ernest, what is the Ernest Hemingway quote? Mm. I don't I don't. You're going to kick yourself when you hear it. Uh, it's the last I, words I, of the movie. I don't, I don't really think, I don't really something, I don't even know. Wait, I don't really think, I, I don't know it go. I don't remember. Okay. The world is a fine place and worth oh, fighting for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, Mark. Last regular question. What is the title of the 2015 sequel? What? What? What is the title of the 2015 sequel? You'll love this. 2015. Mark? Mark. Eight? No! No. Eight Mile? No. Uh, 2015. Sequel? Sequel. There's no sequel to seven? Mm. I don't know. The Along Came a Spider? No. no, the movie is called Solace, starring Anthony Hopkins, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Colin Farrell. It's a tale about a serial killer, a psychic, and a pair of FBI agents looking to solve the killings. The script for the movie was originally picked up by New Line Cinema with the intention to rewrite it as a sequel to the movie Seven, tentatively titled Eight, E-I, the number Eight, H-T. The main character was supposed to be the Sevens detective, William Somerset, Morgan Freeman, who had acquired psychic powers. Oh this idea God. was dropped oh. after Seven director David Fincher reacted negatively to the idea after which uh, the movie was produced as a standalone film. Wow. Wow. That's So that's I need to watch that film because that I sounds watch terrible. I now. <laughs> horrible. Okay. Wait. And then here is the bonus, bonus? question. Are we tied? Uh, I have no. no idea. I'm not even going to... No, you're, up you're, you're heavily uh, winning, I'm this, sure. This uh, bonus question is potentially worth seven points. Get your piece of paper Woo! and pens out again. No, it's seven points. All right. All right. Name wait, any. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> seven I, think points. I think you're both wasting your time. Name any. Uh, are, are you guys are Catholic. Or at least went to a Catholic university. Lutheran. Yes. Name any of the seven capital virtues. What? Seven capital virtues? You said this was going to be in the movie. This is a bonus. And five, four, three, two, uno. Pens down. All right, Mark, just tell me what you got. Uh, <laughs> rigged. Uh, nope, that is not one of them. Matt, do you have any? Charity? Nope. Love? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Charity is one of them. The yeah, I thought charity was. Love? So, uh, charity is one. Love is not. Healing? No. Peace? Or peacemaking? No. Prayer. I don't know. That's all. I, I have none. 
chastity, the opposite oh. of love, temperance, the opposite of gluttony, charity, the opposite of greed, diligence, the opposite of sloth, kindness, the opposite of envy, patience, the opposite of wrath, and humility, the opposite of pride. Hmm. So, Matt, you get one point for that. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Wow. 12 to 13. Wow. Wins. Yes! <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be that close. I didn't think it was going to be that close either. I thought he had killed me in there. Yeah, 12 to 13. Congratulations, 12 to 13? Thank yeah. you. Wow. Yeah. 12 to 13. Kindness. I, it was in my head, too, and then I didn't do it. Oh, I just think if you had just gotten one more, one more of those uh, careful virtues, yeah. <laughs> and then, he, can you imagine if I'd done two and he had? Oh my God! He yeah, we'd have lost his mind. mind. We'd, we'd have to do the next episode by ourselves. You're against me. You're against me. It's rigged. It's rigged. I like I like to thank uh, 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 the Academy for uh, this win. Uh, I thank my parents for care of me for all this time and putting up with me. I can thank uh, uh, movies all in general for this win. And uh, thank you so much. And you know, Joe, this was almost, I mean, this is almost a year after he joined our show. He gets his first win. I'm so proud of the, of the Mark Superfan. I'm really proud of myself. And we did, I mean, we, we had done a lot of trivia up to, you know, for a while there, so getting your first win a year in. Good job, Mark. Thank you. Uh, that pretty much wraps it up anyway. We are hour 20 in. Boy, I remember the days when we could get an episode in in an hour. We haven't been able to do that for quite some time. This has probably been the shortest one we've had for a while, though. That is That does it for this week. Uh, next episode is uh, Superfans choice for a theme. So, I won't be here. Yeah, oh, that's right. So it's just gonna I'm be going to be Joe and me. Yeah, ah, that's yeah. right. It's, it's going to be the normal, regular, you know, scare. All right. So uh, next, the next episode will just be Joe and me, and uh, he just texted me. Oh. Oh, yeah. That uh, next episode we're going to do Hereditary. We are going to do a breakdown of our... Joe loves this movie. I love this movie. Mark loves it, too, but he's not going to be there. Uh, so we will do a little breakdown on Hereditary. Uh, so I guess until next time, we will see you <laughs> next time. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. a kidney stone and sometimes it happens you gotta go oh oh Uh. god